Your day has just begun. Yeah. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Yeah. Hashtag Utah Jazz. I think every game is an opportunity for us to keep finding our identity. I mean, obviously, we want to be a defensive team, but keep uh, working on the things that we know is going to make us a better team. And it's the one-on-one defense, you know, from one through five, the containment, you know, and the communication as a team to help each other out. You know, it's not about just leaving the guy on the island, but all the four guys got to talk to him and uh, make him know that he got to guard. And if he does get beat, because it's going to happen a lot, we got to have each other's back. Rudy Gobert on the Jazz, their defensive identity, working together. Game two tonight. What was that? Like 2016, 2015, 2017, 2018, right? 2019. We're just talking to Joe about <laughs> rinse repeat. These messages don't change. <laughs> but I could give you a bunch of quotes uh, from a bunch of people, and you could identify the coach who said them. Because we've had these coaches who've had these long runs, and there's a way they want to play, and the players who play for them a long time know that there's Sloanisms, Lavelle Edwardsisms, Rick Majerusisms. And now Quinn Snyder and Kyle Whittingham. There's five well, off the top of my head. The good thing about that is these guys are willing to answer questions. So there's only so much you can say, particularly when you've been here and the same people are asking you this, essentially the same questions game after game, year after year. I mean, what what penetrating question can you come up with? About Rudy and defense? And, and <laughs> yeah. the OKC game. You know, I assume that's after the game. Maybe it's uh, before a uh, shoot-around or something. I don't know. But the answers are going to be the same. When you have that so-called jazz DNA, this is the way you're going to respond. Yep. And I get it. So And it doesn't change. No, it really doesn't. And and there and as long as it's successful, why do you want it to change in the first place? You well, don't. All those all those coaches I listed all did a bunch of winning. Yeah. And that's good news. And that's why they, they have been successful and why I expect them we all expect them to be successful tonight. But there's one reason why they're going to win tonight. Because the Kings just won game one and they can't shoot like that again? It goes back to the law of numbers. There it is. I point you to Steph Curry, who sucked in game one and couldn't miss in game two. Well, the Kings shot it really well. Harrison Barnes, 8 of 11 from 3. He had 34, 36, whatever it was. So see, see if he comes down to earth, has a nine-point performance. So you're saying he was out of this world? Sure. we could. Because now there. he's coming back to earth. Coming back to earth. Like after, Armstrong or somebody. After achieving lunar orbit. Or Anderson. Who else? Who were some of those astronauts? Was Anderson one? I don't know. I don't know all the astronauts. You got me. Yeah. Buzz Aldrin. Buzz Aldrin. Yeah. Yeah, that's a cool name, Buzz Aldrin. Tough guy. That. Yeah. My kind of guy. Not like you. Jazz and Kings, 7 o'clock with the pregame, 8 o'clock first tip here on the Zone Sports and Network. Hashtag NBA. Trey dribbling up high with it. Now he crosses over, drives the lane. Little floater by Trey is in and out, back in again. Gorgie Jag back to Trey. Long three, Trey, bang! They tried doubling him. It didn't work. Middleton down the floor to Wara. 
but Struess would not allow the easy breakaway. Here's Hero at the buzzer. That's how you start the 34th season of Miami Heat basketball. Wiggins stays in bounds. Downstairs to Draymond. Draymond brings it up top to Curry. Faith left. Fires a three. Got it. Curry with a bucket. Now with 31. Draymond. One dribble. Looks for Curry. Can't get it to him. Turns. Now bounce pass out to Curry. A deep three. Got it. Oh my goodness. About a step and a half from midcourt. Gives the Warriors a one point lead with a minute 50 to go. Steph Curry putting on a clinic. 25 points in the first quarter. Made nine straight shots to open the game. Had it going. Finished with 46. Hit the two three-pointer or two uh, free throws. About five seconds left that provided the final margin. Beat the Clippers 115-113. I never worry about my next shot, he said. Why would you? You're Steph Curry. Or his next meal. Uh, his next mortgage payment. Uh, let's see. His next round of free golf? What the heck does he have to worry about? Very little. (laughs) And I always say little floater. I want to have somebody, and I say from the logo, I want somebody to explain their range with the floater from three. Then you know you've got outstanding range. If you're shooting the floater from three, it's always the little floater because this is a closer range shot. I want Curry now to be, you want out of this galaxy, shooting Floaters from three. Most half-court shots are floaters, aren't they? Guys don't go straight up and yeah, down. But nobody's shooting half-court shots. Half-court floater. But that, I mean, at, in the quarter. But right, but that is a toss as opposed to a shot. You, know, you put it up there with very little intention of going in. I want Curry. His range is so spectacular. He might as well be shooting floaters. Because when he's open and he's got it going on, there's literally been no one better. Ever. Nope. He's ever been born. Changed the way the game is played, and other people are starting to follow. Mm, I don't know that he changed it. Can you say that? Yes. I don't know that I can. He changed the way the game is played. I don't know that I could put it on him. To say individually, like Will Chamberlain, didn't he change the lane or something? Didn't they widen it because of him? It's called the key. It used to look like a key. It used to be really narrow. If you see grainy old video from 1950. Why does it have to be grainy old video? Why can't it just be old video? Why is old video? All old video is grainy? Yes. Ed Grainy video? Ed Grainy, the Vegas columnist (laughs) from San Diego State. Been on our show many times. Now it's a morning show. So he can't be on our show. Uh, that's disappointing. Yeah. Last and yet, look at that. He follows in your footsteps. <laughs> Last time I reached out to him. Sorry, Jake. I do a morning show. Yeah, he does. Now. He does. He does a morning show. Yeah. Has he really? I have to ponder that. Did he, if we look at it, you know, the evolution of the game, is it largely pinned back to Steph Curry? It's an interesting question. I'm not sure that's the answer. Individually. Part of it, no question. Significant. A big part of it. Okay. I mean, I can't there. say that nobody there. else was shooting the three. But shooting the three in that volume, making that percentage, and mixing in the deep threes at the same time. Now, Damian Lillard wasn't far behind him. How about Jimmer? <laughs> Jimmer! At the college level. And then... Uh, I can probably come up with a couple other three-point shooters who shot it pretty well. But the Warriors, to do what they did and win the title, win the 73 game, I mean, they took it to a new level. 
You can win they big did. time, and they you can did, do the yes. ultimate. The other games last night, the Mavericks, not competitive, PK. They got worked by Atlanta. 113-87. Worked. 26-point loss. And the Heat beat the Bucks. The Bucks all sorts of fired up for that first game with the Nets, but then Miami got them. And oh. got them good. Overrated. 137-95. A 42-point blowout for Miami. Boston Celtics games have been pulled off of uh, TV streaming services in China after center Ennis Cantor tweeted a two-minute video of himself expressing support for Tibet and wore shoes with the phrase free Tibet on them. During well, I look forward to Knicks. Popovich and Kerr going off on that. 76ers guard Ben Simmons left the team's practice facility on Thursday without working out. He's expected to meet with club leadership this morning to again discuss his playing status. Brother. Right? Daily updates. DJ and PK. Hashtag NFL. Dearness Johnson in the backfield from the four. Why not? Give it to Johnson. He's off a rub hit. He going to the goal line. Touchdown! How about that? 75 yards. Lickety split. Keenum takes the snap. He's going to throw. He's throwing for Stanton. Touchdown! Left corner of the end zone. Keenum's got it, and he's going to give the ball, and here comes Dearness Johnson. He's to the 15. He's going to get there. He got to the 12. First down at the 12-yard line. Seconds left. Denver can't stop the clock. Cleveland Browns win a battle of three and three teams. They beat the Broncos 17-14. Neither team could throw the ball very well. Denver couldn't run it at all. But Dearness Johnson had 22 carries for 146 yards and a touchdown. And that's the difference in the game. Cleveland improves to four and three with Case Keenum at the controls and Baker Mayfield. Has the labrum issue, but now there's some kind of fracture there, too. He's still being able, still hoping to be able to play in the next game on Halloween, but since the fracture has to heal. That seems pretty quick. It do. Wouldn't, wouldn't expect to see him. But Case Keenum threw for 199 yards, didn't throw a pick, and it was good enough to beat Denver. Big games this weekend. Who you fired up for? Bengals Ravens. That's about it. AFC North. That's five and one versus four and two. I mean, I watch the Raiders because I view them as somewhat local. Uh, a little bit of a storyline quarterbacks with Detroit and the Rams. But that doesn't uh, Chicago look like Tampa Bay, game. I guess. That just screams Tom Brady will be efficient, but not have huge stats and win that game. I uh, can't. KC Tennessee. KC's 3-3. Can they beat somebody who's good, get over 500, get into the, uh, stay in the division race, get into the wild card race? Well, Tennessee has high aspirations themselves. They ought to win that division. They're 4-2. Have a horrible loss to the Jets in there, but otherwise have looked pretty good. How far can they ride Derrick Henry? How much damage can he do? And then, of course, the undefeated team. You're always going to watch them to see if they can continue to win. But they're playing Houston at home, so they ought to. <laughs> 6-0 oh versus 1-5. Yeah. That with the Rams-Lions, the two mismatches of the week. So you would think the top teams in the NFC West would keep going. The Sunday night game is the Colts and the 49ers. A couple of teams with losing records right there. Normally that's a marquee game. But this week, it's missing a little bit of juice this week. DJ and PK. 
Hashtag Utah State. Utah State and Colorado State, first place in the Mountain Division on the line tonight. Scotty G will have the call. Coverage starts at 6.30 on 12.80 The Zone. The Jazz will be on 97.5 The Zone. CBS Sports Network, 7.30 with a kickoff. Jazz will also be on KSL, won't they? I think they will be. You're right. Go Cougars. (laughs) Can't help yourself. I can't. (laughs) (laughs) How much faith you got in the Rams? If they win this... It's a big W for them. They'd be up two games on Utah State to really set up CSU and Air Force. And Air Force is playing San Diego State, so the Rams, Rams, by the time we get back here on Monday, could be two games clear of everyone in the division because Boise State's already got two losses. Exactly. So, I mean, that that is a huge It's a huge weekend for the Mountain that. Division. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, I'm not sure. <laughs> I don't know. Utah State, it's not like they're a box of chocolates, but... Uh, they they have, get down by 10, yeah. and then can they rally? Yeah. So they're very capable of winning the game, will they? I, I just can't say. CSU does have a couple wins on the road this year. Uh, they lost at Iowa, but they went to Toledo and won, and then they went to New Mexico and won last week. So Scotty G with the call tonight. Yeah, yeah. and I think you have okay. to allow for teams to get better, too. We didn't think much of them when they were 1-3. and three. They were ignorable. Right. Lost to South Dakota State to open the season. That yeah. was not good. And got beat pretty solid. That was a 42-23 game. Yeah, I remember seeing the score. Wow, they're playing a conference game already? Because it is SDSU. <laughs> SDSU. Yeah. 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 It's so double, confusing. I had to double check that. DJ and PK. Hashtag BYU. A really, really good player. Just looking at his athleticism, and he has a, uh, a lot of confidence on the field, and the, and the players play off of that. You look at when they when they win, it's when he's doing well. But he's so athletic, and he can run. That's something that I think adds to his game. He's a, he's always a threat to extend the play. For for a young guy, he has great poise, and for Delore, he's he's got a great presence, man, and and he, he can take over a game. That's Kalani Sataki on Washington State quarterback Jaden Delora. He can take over a game. I agree with everything you just said there. Washington State four and three, BYU five and two. The Cougars back into Pac-12 play, trying to prove to four and zero in the Conference of Champions. He's like a Jordan Clarkson to me. He gets hot. Look out! He can put it up in a hurry if he's got the mojo and it's he's feeling it. So you want to disrupt him as much as you possibly can because in basketball terms, he, he can put 50 on you. Their two best offensive games have been the last two games, beating Oregon State 31-24 and Stanford 34-31. They yeah. did have a 40-point game against Portland State, but I'm going to throw that one out, Big Sky School. But you look at their other games and the offense, but now new play caller, A-Rod didn't want to hear any of that when he said, he brought up last season, and they were missing coaches for two games and went up, and one of them blew out Boise State anyway, so he wasn't hearing any of that. Well, story he line. shouldn't be. That's none of his concern. He's got a coach. He's got to come up with a game plan to get this ball in the end zone. All right, that game kicks off 1.30 on FS1. The Cougar pregame show starts at 12.30 tomorrow. JCW's in Provo, and then the game at 1.30.
Hashtag Utah. Oregon State, good football team, really good football team, running the heck out of the football, leading the Pac-12 by a considerable margin, running the football. Two good backs that are very productive. Starts with our offensive line. Their offensive line is playing exceptional football. That's uh, something that we've got to try to uh, take care of this week is, is slow them down a little bit in the run game. Quarterback's playing well. They're leading the conference in scoring, as well as rushing, like I mentioned, as well as third down conversions, which when you run the football that well, it lends itself to a lot of third and shorts, which uh, they're taking advantage of. So big challenge. It's on the road. Tough place to play up there in uh, Corvallis. We'll uh, hopefully have a good week of practice and be ready to go. Strength against strength. 240 yards per game rushing for Oregon State. Number one in the Pac-12. And they didn't run the ball at all in the opener against Portland, or excuse me, against Purdue. In the opener against Purdue, they ran for less than 100 yards. So since that game, they've actually been averaging 270 yards a game rushing, which is getting into service academy wishbone territory production there. That's a huge number. But Kyle Williams' defense, another defense that's good against the run, just a little over three yards per carry, number one in the conference. So 3.2 yards per carry versus 240 yards per game. Strength on strength. Who wins? I, I don't know specifically that this is Utah's strength yet because I don't think they've played a team that is looking to run the ball as much as what they have these next two games. I think he would go to ASU as the one because they're fourth in the conference in rushing. But to your point, the top three teams are still all ahead of them on the schedule. UCLA is in the next game, and then Oregon next month. Those are the top three teams running the ball. Right. Oregon, Oregon State, UCLA, all with winning records. It's an interesting subplot, and it's a significant subplot in the game for sure. Ute pregame show starts at 4.30 tomorrow afternoon. And then 5.30, the kickoff Pac-12 network for a couple of 4-2 and two teams. South leader in Utah and the North co-leader, Oregon State's tied with Oregon at 2-1 and one in Pac-12 play. DJ and PK. Hashtag college football. Well, we were just talking about it with the NFL. You don't have the big dogs really going head-to-head much. And for the first time in like a decade, we got a weekend here with no ranked teams meeting each other. Game day decided to pick up the Oregon-UCLA game, head out to UCLA and cover that one. UCLA's good. Now they get to sleep in a little bit more. That's all they did there. That's a positive. I mean, you got Clemson and Pittsburgh. Clemson has been ranked many, many times. Uh, Pittsburgh is currently ranked, so that's something that they're interested in that. Oklahoma and Kansas. (laughs) (laughs) That's going to get out of hand. Oklahoma State, Iowa State should be a pretty good game. USC has been better on the road than they have been at home, so will they give Notre Dame a good game at South Bend? Yeah, maybe so. That just doesn't have the luster this year. It's a big-time traditional rivalry, obviously. 5.30 on NBC. That's kicking off the same time as the Utah game and that San Diego State Air Force game we were talking about, 5 o'clock on the CBS Sports Network. So... You've got options during commercial breaks. It's the, the biggest weekend. intersectional rivalry we have in college football. That it is. But Notre Dame might roll them. <laughs> and then you're off to another game. Well, you got the youths going, so you'll be locked down on that one. DJ and PK. Hashtag Major League Baseball. Reed delivers. And that one is hammered to left. And it's on its way, and it is gone, a home run! There's a fly ball to center field, racing on back is Duvall, and it is gone! 
This night is tailor-made. The 2-2, Taylor with a fly ball to deep left center field. Chris Taylor has hit his third home run of the night and becomes the 11th different player in baseball history with three home runs in a postseason game. Five homers for the Dodgers, three of them off the bat of Chris Taylor, and the Dodgers overwhelmed the Braves 11-2. He had a chance to get the fourth homer, made the last out in the eighth inning, struck out. I know. Sucks. Could have been baseball history. Well, what's crazy about that is that Pollock hits two. And, and he's such a footnote. And Justin Turner, if he's not hurt, one of those guys isn't starting. You don't think they're bench, <laughs> benching Turner in Game 5? No. Well, you were saying someone's got to go uh, full Rosario here and step up, and those two guys did. Yeah, but one of them, maybe probably Taylor. Pollock's more of the left fielder, but Taylor has played out there and has played uh, all of the outfield positions. So my guess is that Turner would have been in the lineup in an elimination game because he's a horse you've ridden for a long time. And so one of those guys wasn't going to play, but the injury puts them both in there, and they combine for five home runs. It's incredible. So that's now three games to two. Braves with the advantage yeah, going back you, to Atlanta. They got, got today Scherzer off. going yeah. tomorrow. Game six, Boston and Houston in Texas. Astros up three games to two, six o'clock on FS1. And Houston punch their ticket to the World Series. You want a Houston-Atlanta World Series, or does that just feel incredibly blah in this uh, part of the doesn't, country? It doesn't matter to me. I don't care. Whoever earns the right to be in there, I find it somewhat ironic that the MLB refused to have the All-Star Game in Atlanta and now maybe have the World, World Series, Series, which yeah. is way bigger of a show than the All-Star Game. DJ PK. Hashtag RSL. RSL in Chicago to kick off the final stretch here of the season. Five games in 16 days. Chicago's already been eliminated from the playoff race, but playing for jobs, the spoiler, all that, they played pretty well in their last five games. Couple wins, couple ties, one loss. And they would hurt RSL big time. RSL probably needs, well, they certainly need six points, but they probably need nine or ten to get to the playoffs. So this is the one game they'll be rusted, or rusted. They'll be rested, have their first choice starting 11. Everything else will be a grind from here on out. Mm. They're up for the grind, though. These guys are grinders. They better be. That's what it's going to take here. They've been grinders for a long, long time. Three of the teams in the playoff race played midweek, all one. So RSL dropped from fifth to eighth without doing anything. Guy just screams grinder. Actually, Beltran. I mean, come on. He's the assistant general manager, but he's a grinder. (laughs) You don't have to be a ball player to be a grinder. That's true. Look at you. You're a grinder. Finley? These guys are grinders, man. <laughs> He's pulling all the, all the ex-players you can think of right now. All right, what is trending? Brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. There's no job too big or too small. Get the personal touch with Shamrock Plumbing. Call them at 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. All right, coming up this morning, we got football for you. Angie Machado. Covering Oregon State for 24-7 Sports, BeaverBlitz.com. We'll join us at 8.30. Alex Brink, Washington State Radio Football Analyst, 9-10. Welcome, Alex, back to the Do show. Do you think she's any relation to Manny? You can ask Angie that. 
David Locke, 930. Talk about Kings and the Jazz. You think he's any relation to Drew? No. Okay. No. But we can ask him. (laughs) Stay with us. Question of the day is coming up next right here on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. The new zone lineup is here with the best coverage of the sports you love and the teams you can't live without. Catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 to 10, followed by Jake Scott and Ben Anderson from 10 to noon. Get your daily fix of Hans and Scotty from noon to 3. And then the zone welcomes unrivaled with Alex Curie and former NFL quarterback Scott Mitchell to the team. Weekdays from 3 to 7, live and local. All day, every day. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Powered by kslsports.com. Hot Texas Toast is brought to you by Utah Facial Plastics. Losing your hair, it's 2021, and you don't have to. UFP Hair Restoration offers a range of cutting-edge therapies to restore thick hair permanently. Just text HAIR to 801-960-3137 for 15% off any hair loss treatment. Or visit www.utahairmd.com. Question of the morning. We know the Cougars will win at Pullman, but how about the Utes and the Aggies? Playing the nickname game, PK. Very clever. Well, I mean, you know, that's what I'd do. Who you got? Make the picks. How's this going to play out? For BYU, a chance to end the losing streak, get to 6-2. and two. For the Utes, you stay in first place in the Pac-12 South. For the Aggies, you take over first place in the Mountain Division of the Mountain West Conference. So high stakes for everybody, but who's actually getting it done? Because there's no guineas this week. None. Zero. Nada. (laughs) Uh, Travis says, I didn't know the Cougs and Aggies playing Pullman. If that's the case, I give them low odds. That's guys trying to be funny and good things their wives think they're funny. Meanwhile, go be an accountant. I didn't know Houston was playing Washington State. Wait. Are there going to be two Cougars in the Big 12 too? Yes, there will. It's a team in every time zone with the nickname Cougars. They're everywhere. Dave says his Cougar fan isn't counting any chickens yet. Got a BYU fan who's a little stressed about this game. Sure, fine. But here's a chance to go 4-0. You're going to have a better conference record than Utah. Well, for a couple hours, I mean, the Utes could go four and zero tomorrow night. Well, of course they, they could lose, and then they would just have right, the that's better what I'm one. Saying. Yeah, they could. Don't mean they will. You got more confidence in one of those three teams than the others. All of the matchups, there's issues. There's trouble everywhere. That's I'd what say you probably get. Utah. Really, but that's bias because they have a better program than Oregon State. That doesn't mean in the actual 60 minutes of competition that it shows that way. But you also, because I remember you saying this, you think the Oregon State program is trending up. So yes, the program has struggled, but at some point, I don't know, at one point Kyle had back-to-back five and seven seasons in the Pac-12, and now the program's in a better place. Yeah, you know, one thing that really jumps out at me is uh, Kyle's talking about how they uh, Oregon State converts third down, blah, 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 and they do. 
But at the same time, they suck on the other side. They allow teams to con- convert almost 50% of their third downs. And so Utah... Utah's offense is under Kyle is never going to be you know some crazy offense throwing the ball blah 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 we all know that we've documented it a million times but they can have a level of efficiency and rising can get first downs with his feet you know I wrote this week on our website and uh, KSL and we'll move it over to KSL Sports here soon um, that if rising had been the quarterback from the start. I believe the Utes at worst are five and one, possibly even six and zero. Oh. They got a lot of feedback. Well, the offensive line sucks. So Brewer, blah blah blah. Okay, Cam Rising played behind the same offensive line that Brewer played behind in San Diego State's games, and there was a dramatic difference in quarterbacking. So I get early on the offensive line sucked, but at the same time, it was the same offensive line. In the second half of that ball game as the first half. And it was clear that there was a significant difference. So with that in mind, this guy has the ability to move better and escape stuff and do things that aren't drawn up. And against an Oregon State team that's allowing half of the third down conversions to be converted into first downs, to me, that spells a lot of trouble. And for Utah, that spells a lot of success. I mean, this is a team now is going to go into this game having scored on its last four possessions, touchdowns. Confidence has never been higher. Right. Every time they got the ball in the second half against the Devils, and Devils had some injuries in the second secondary and, and some other places, so their defense wasn't what it was supposed to be on paper. But who cares about that? It doesn't matter. Utah's not concerned about your injuries. They're concerned about their own. And even theirs don't matter. The game is still going to play. So, going to be played. So, this offense is coming in with all sorts of confidence right now. They're four, four for four. My, my personalized license plates. Three fours. Four for four. And touchdowns. So, I look at that and I look at the history of Oregon State's defense Unless Oregon State has a phenomenal running game, I think the Utes win and win comfortably. That is how they've been winning, with a phenomenal running game. When they did not run it well, they got beat. And Purdue got them. But since then, averaging 270 yards per game rushing, and they're 4-1. and one. Remember, You're, they you're right about that. And for people who don't know, the 50%, that is a horrific number on third down. I mean, that's not average. That's not below average. That is very bad. That sucks. It does. 124th out of 130 teams. You're hanging out with Kansas and UMass in that neighborhood. I mean, your defense can't suck. It's not good. It just can't. Not I'm, good at all. I'm like Joe Biden. Their defense isn't good, guys. I mean, come on. I got fear ways to get off the field. We can't gonna, have that. I'm going to boost your mic. No. <laughs> if our leader does it, the leader of the free world, why can't I do it? I'm telling you, people.
All right, so you got the most confidence in the youths. Who you got the most doubt in? You. Oh, why you got to make this personal? <laughs> I'm not playing. I would probably go with BYU, but this is an unprecedented coaching situation for Washington State. Washington State's football team is hot. There's no doubt about it. Delora healthy equals hot. But I have never seen this situation. We rarely see coaches get axed during the season. It used to be it was unheard of. I remember Roger Reed got fired. It was like Majerus just went nuts. Hated the guy. But then when he got fired, in fact, somebody, at, multiple people at Utah, you say, man, he hates this guy. Now he got fired during the season and he's his best buddy inviting him to games and taking him out and all this stuff. Uh, so it was used to be if you got that's what the pros did. Colleges didn't fire guys during the season, but now they do. And you just look at the Trojans as an example just a few weeks ago. And they're laying eggs left and right. Right? Since they fired Helton after the blowout loss to Stanford, they've been blown out twice. And that was just one guy being removed. Here, you got literally half the staff being removed. Under obviously unprecedented, and I think we'd agree to one level or another, controversial circumstances. Even if you're for the vaccine, it's still controversial to remove a half the staff of a football team during the season, whatever the reason is. So when I say controversial, I'm not making a political statement about the vaccine whatsoever. Go to other places if you want politics. I try not to get into it. I have a shot here and there because I'm disgusted with the whole thing. But how is that going to play out? So because of that situation, to answer your question, I've got to go Aggies. Where if I think if it was the regular coaching staff for Oregon or Washington State, I would go BYU. But by process of elimination, I'm going to go Aggies as the most concerned. It's interesting the way you phrased it with Delora because with him, they're hot. They lost their opening to Utah State, and they lost the Ute game when he didn't play. Right. So they've won four of the last five when he plays, just as Oregon State has won four of their last five games. Mm-hmm. And CSU, or, yeah, CSU has, lost, has won three of their last four. So nobody's got a losing record, and everybody's coming in with momentum. Of the six teams, I guess the one to go with the most doubt is BYU because they are the one who's not coming in with any momentum. Haven't looked good. The blueprint to beat them has been on full display. I don't know that Utah State's coming in with big momentum. Because they escaped against UNLV. But it's not like they're coming in from a negative either. They're just coming in. (laughs) They're just there. Right. But a bye week. well, you win. A bye week. And a uh, late rally to win at Vegas. That's what they're coming off of. That doesn't scream momentum to me. Nor does it, but it doesn't scream like a team is in chaos and in all sorts of trouble either. I mean, they're they're just coming in, and if they play well, they've got an opportunity to win. But it's not like they've been surging. They can be surging here this week, next week, and so on. The opportunity for them to be in that position is right there in front of them, and I see no reason why they don't do it. Because I believe Bonner is pretty doggone good. 
and he's developed a relationship and a chemistry with his receivers. Get the ball to that little dude over there. Yeah, he's got a really good receiver to work yeah. with. And a couple the of the, fine. A couple the, group's of the other fine. guys are good. Right, the group is fine. Yeah, But Tompkins is a big-time star. Right. He's made so many big plays. Right, so I think they're potent. Just finish drives, you know, which they didn't do against Boise. And I think they're okay. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 the zone. A little stressed out? Looking to relax a little bit? I've got medical proof now. What I do is for the benefit of my health. So you all need to get off my back. We'll get to that next. Stay with us. It's game week for the Cougars. And the Zone Sports Network is getting you ready for kickoff. It ain't over till it's over. BYU hits the road to Pac-12 country as Kalani Sataki and the Cougars square off against Washington State in Pullman. Catch the Cougar pregame show Saturday at 1230 with the postgame show immediately following the game. From Monday morning to the postgame press conference, nobody brings you better coverage of Cougar football than 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Purchase a Ford Fan Zone all-you-can-eat ticket to an upcoming jazz game and receive unlimited hot dogs, soda, popcorn, nachos, and ice cream, starting as low as $30 per ticket. Visit utahjazz.com or call 325-2999 to buy your Ford Fan Zone all-you-can-eat tickets now. You have medical proof. You are so happy when you saw this. Yeah, it's a fact, man. You can't argue science. We always hear, follow science, follow science, follow science. I'm freaking following the science. Right to the first T. (laughs) Follow the science. I feel like Tony F. Follow the science. And that's not Finau, although it could be. Actually thought that's where you were going. No, your guy, Fauci. Figured that out once you ruled, science. Once you ruled out Tony Fino. Well, I didn't rule I did not rule out Tony Fino. A UK study says playing golf regularly can help reduce anxiety, improve confidence, and right. help boost self-esteem. All of which contribute to improved mental well-being. Looking at it right now. Dr. Roger Hawks. H-A-W-K-E-S, oversaw that golf and health project. He's a former chief medical officer of the European Tour. And these findings that we just spent played a prominent role in government officials prioritizing the opening of golf courses. We're trying to help you people. <laughs> <laughs> Matt says golf tends to drop my vocabulary down to four-letter words. There can be some frustration associated with a few hours on a golf course. There can be some frustration f- focused uh, associated with 40 years of marriage. That doesn't mean you don't, you don't do it. Pull that ball right into the lake. Yeah, but you're talking about being outside yes. and, and walking to it. Even if you use your car, you still have to walk, right? Unless you got one of those blue flags and you have some physical disability, you don't pull right up uh, next to the green. You know, most of the times now we're back to sharing carts, so you got to get out and, you know, unless you guys are right next to each other, you move around a little bit and you're getting fresh air in most of the time. I, I think when, when I was a kid, I think that's why I loved baseball. 
because it meant I could be outside. And I wanted to be outside playing sports. It's all I ever really cared about. That's how I learned to read. I say, like, I, the first book I ever read uh, was the, the bio on Willie Mays. And it stuck with me all these years, you know? And Willie was long since past his prime by the time I came along. And I, got, I started playing golf at like 14. And obviously you have to play golf outside. And it's, it's where I wanted to be. I think, in, and I wasn't of the video game age, but I'm thinking even if I was, I wouldn't have been interested. Now, certainly my parents wouldn't have had the finances to have that anyway. We didn't have much growing up as a son of a janitor. Uh, but I wanted to be outside. And that's one of the beauties of golf. A, a, go, a well-maintained golf course is actually gorgeous. I've been, I, I turned on the Golf Channel the other day, and they had some tournament in Arkansas. And there was this big lake behind it and just beautiful. And I said to my wife, I said, this certainly is not Jonesboro. (laughs) (laughs) Why didn't we go there? I made like 100 trips to Arkansas (laughs) when my wife's grandmother was alive. And I never saw that. But it looked absolutely gorgeous. And that thing we saw over the summer with Aaron Rodgers and who were the other guys? Playing was it up in Montana? It was. It was in Big Sky Country. Oh my gosh! Did that look unbelievable? Spectacular. Yeah. Was it Brady? Was it Tom? I know uh, Tom was involved in some of the other ones. I don't. I don't actually remember. DeChambeau and Phil were in there. Yes. Uh, and it was just oh man, it was incredible. It was Rogers and Brady. And then in uh, in January they're going to play, and I'm going to go there one of these times. The Kapalua thing. Now, I've been to Kapalua multiple times because I've covered them. But Maui. you haven't been there in January for the tournament. Right. I have not. And a good friend of mine here in town has gone, and he said he was standing there. And there's, it's so – I go to the Phoenix Open, and I've been to the L.A. Open, and I've done some Then reporting. you can go to the most crowded tournament yeah, yeah. on the PJ Tour, <laughs> and you can go to the least crowded. And he said he was standing off to the side – Behind the ropes, and McElroy finishes the hole, walking by him, and McElroy initiated Bones. Don't see that on tour all right. the time. McElroy's but there's so good. few people. Right. And it was funny. He wanted to follow DJ, Dustin Johnson, and I'm texting him sitting in my basement here in Sandy, and I'm saying, oh, he's on the 14th. Go down this way and cut across, and I'm giving him directions. <laughs> on how to, how to meet up. Yeah, right. Because, you know, you're right there. You can't see the whole course. Well, on TV, you can see it, and they're, shooting, they're cutting back and forth. So I'm going to go to that thing one of these years for sure. But, yeah, get out and play golf, man. But do not play it slow. Don't get in the way. My college roommate called it hurry up golf. Don't worry so much about honors and who's closer to the hole. You're ready to putt? And the other person's on the edge of the green walking over? Just go ahead and putt. Absolutely. Move it along. Most good golfers don't care how you play, but they care how fast you play. I was down uh, last weekend. was fall break, and we were at a golf course in St. George. Hour, 20 minutes, three holes. Ooh. Starter are the Marshall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, unbelievable. It was, was L.A., which sucked there. I've, I've documented that a million times. And so we're on the fourth tee, and after the fourth tee, you either turn left to go to the fifth hole or you could turn right to go back. 
And then Marshall comes up. Uh, I think it eases up. I said, it's too late. I said, when we get to, after this we'll par three, I'm not turning left. I'm turning right. <laughs> and I'm going back. This is ridiculous. And uh, my wife went in. I always send her because she has much better luck. They don't give you got her a little crap. refund? They, got a little rain check? Got a rain check. And so uh, we did later in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. Got a rain check for a full 18 anytime. Nice. And you'd gone out on the twilight rates? Yes. Sweet. Yes. So we'll go down there one of these times during the week. I'll pretend that I'm sick, but I won't tell anybody. I'll just call in sick, and we'll go down there. Trained negotiator your wife is. Knows how to make it work. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was down there a few weeks ago, and I hooked up with Britton Johnson. Mm -hmm. He lives down there, and I've hooked up with him several times. And I go in there, and it was 89 bucks for 18. Mm -hmm. Well, we were only playing nine, and they were going out to lunch. Well... The next day, me and the old lady go in there, 18, combined, combined, for both of us, $80. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Mark says, uh, this report reminds me of the episode of Everybody Loves Raymond, where Ray has a panic attack. The doctor tells him to play more golf to reduce the tension in his life. I never thought this would become a sound, logical, medical conclusion. He thought it was just a, no. just a sitcom plot line. Well, and Ray Romano is a golfer. He plays in that uh, um, uh, Tahoe thing. Mm-hmm. My sister on her uh, refrigerator has got a picture of her and Ray Romano. Uh, and at Universal, where they filmed the show, if you've ever been to Universal, just beyond it, they've got a golf course right there. So he's a hardcore golfer. And plus, he was on the Golf Channel. Uh, they did a thing on how to uh, get better. And one of the people that was they were helping was Ray Romano. Angie Machado, owner of BeaverBlitz.com, covers Oregon State for 24-7 sports, is going to talk Oregon State-Utah with us at 8.30. Alex Brink, Washington State radio football analyst at 9.10. And David Locke, radio voice of the jazz at 9.30. Stay with us.